Welcome to Episode 7 of Murder, We Write. I'm your host, Carol Goodman Kaufman. On this podcast, I talk with crime writers whose short stories and novels run the gamut from cozies to domestic thrillers. We'll learn from them about their craft, their process, and the business of writing. My guest today is Leslie Wheeler, an award-winning author of books about American history and biographies, and a personal friend. Leslie now writes two mystery series, the Berkshire Hilltown Mysteries and the Miranda Lewis Living History Mysteries. Her latest release is Wolf Bob, the third in the Berkshire Hilltown series. Her short crime fiction has appeared in numerous anthologies, including the best New England crime stories. For six years, Leslie served as co-publisher of Level Best Books and now holds the same position with Crime Spell Books. Leslie is a member of both Mystery Writers of America and Sisters in Crime, and she coordinates the Speakers Bureau for the New England chapter of Sisters in Crime. Wow, that's a lot of stuff in your plate there, Leslie. Welcome to Murder Rewrite. Thanks so much for joining me today. Let's jump right in with the first question. When and why did you first start writing? And has all your writing been in the mystery genre? Okay, that's two questions, but it's two questions. Thank you, Carol, for hosting me. I started writing as a young child growing up in Southern California. I was an imaginative child who liked to lie on my back on the grass in the backyard and make up stories in my head. I didn't write these stories down, but sang them while swinging on a swing or riding in a car with my parents. I sang in the car as my mother drove me to the orthodontist, who was not a nice man, and it helped me keep my spirits up. I learned early on that stories are fun, can offer a much-needed distraction from real life, and can be important, too. I was fortunate in growing up in a very literate family. My parents were great readers, as was my older sister, who read War and Peace in the ninth grade. I have never read that very long book. I enjoyed being read, too. Favorites were Uncle Wiggily stories and Beatrice Potter's wonderful tales about animals. I developed a lifelong love of words. Although not much of a reader myself as a child, I acquired a large vocabulary from listening to the dining room table conversation between my parents and my sister and asking for definitions of words I didn't know. I also loved to eavesdrop on other people's conversations and became attuned to the different ways different people speak. I got attention in my verbal family by mimicking various people's speech in a humorous way. I got my start as an author in nonfiction. My first published book was a campaign biography of former President Jimmy Carter called Jimmy Who. Next came Loving Warriors, a biography and letters of the 19th century feminist and suffragist Lucy Stone and her husband, Henry Brown Blackwell. But what I really wanted to do was write fiction. I wrote a very long-winded historical novel set in 19th century America that I never could find a publisher for. I turned to mystery writing after taking a course from the well-known author Barbara Shapiro. The genre appealed to me because of the discipline involved. You have to have a hero. 
a victim, a villain, and a crime, plant clues, and build to a climax. The result was my first published mystery, Murder at Plymouth Plantation. The rest is history. Oh, Leslie, I also loved Uncle Wiggily. I loved him so much, in fact, that I had his board game. But we're here to talk about mysteries. You say you weren't much of a reader as a child. So when did you start reading mysteries? Was it when you studied with Barbara Shapiro? And what was the first mystery you read? So, Carol, like many other mystery writers, I uh, came to mysteries via Nancy Drew. I read them as a child. I also remember my sister reading them to me. Uh, one day she read so long that uh, she her throat went dry and she had to go in the kitchen and have a spoonful of honey to um, make her throat feel better. I had the experience years later uh, when a friend came to visit with her that middle school-aged daughter who was reading The Mystery of the Old Clock. And she ended up leaving the book behind. I thought, well, I should ha I'll have a look at this and see if I enjoy it as much as I did as a child. And I was amazed at how much action was packed into the first page. Nancy is driving a car. She has an accident. She rolls down the hill into a ditch. Something happens to her in the ditch. And it was just action, action, which is what you really want uh, in a mystery. And actually, uh, when I was in seventh grade, my teacher said to me uh, that she couldn't understand how... I could be such a good writer when all I was reading was Nancy Drew, and I think I was also reading uh, this another series about a nurse, Cherry Ames. And so she gave me a list of books that she thought I should read. I read them, didn't particularly like them, but um, I had obviously, I think, learned something from reading uh, Nancy Drew. And so I owe her that credit. I, I didn't really, I did not read Agatha Christie. I discovered uh, years, again, years later, I discovered uh, Dorothy L. Sayers through the uh, uh, TV show the Lord, with Lord, Lord we Peter Whimsey on TV, and I became a big fan of Dorothy L. Sayers. Great. So, Leslie, do you return to any particular authors again and again, and do you incorporate any elements of your favorite authors into your own writing? That's a great question, Carol. I do have favorite authors that I read again and again. One who comes to mind is Jane Austen, uh, and, and my favorite of her novels is Persuasion. It's just a beautiful book about second chances. Uh, for each of my mystery series, I, had a, I have an author or authors uh, that influenced me so much that I consider them to be role models. For my living history mysteries, 
it was Jane Langton with novels like Murder at the Gardener, Using Real Places. Uh, in fact, when uh, my, my first mystery, Murder at Plymouth Plantation, came out, my dentist said, Has, hasn't Jane Langton already done that? Well, no. Uh, for my Berkshire Hilltown mysteries, I had several models. One of them was Edith Wharton with novels like Ethan Frome and Summer. Summer I considered to be her best, the best of all her novels. It's got lyrical prose and she writes about ordinary people, not wealthy people like she was. Ordinary people living often hard scrabble lives. I was also drawn to um, Sharon McCrum, whose novels are set in Appalachia. And again, you've got vivid prose and a strong sense of place. More recently, I've been, uh, I'm a, become a big fan of Anne Cleves for her Shetland series. I was really sad when I finished the last book in that series. I just finished reading uh, Where the Crawdads Sing, and I find myself looking at parts of that book that I want to emulate in what I'm writing now. So as you can see, uh, I have authors that have really influenced me. And then I refer to in my own writing for, uh, for inspiration. Oh yes, the great Anne Cleves, the master of setting. Do you remember a few years ago, she was the featured speaker at the New England Crime Bake, and she did an entire workshop on setting. And she said something interesting that I've kept in my head, that setting can actually be a character in a story. So I've taken that to heart. Um, and when I look at this, my favorite stories, Where the Crawdads Sing, the Harry Potter series, A Gentleman in Moscow, uh, The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern, all of them are fabulous settings. Some of them quite fantastic, but they are definitely part of, an important part of the story. But let's talk about your writing process. What do you start with when you're thinking of a story? Is it setting? Is it character? Is it the mystery itself, the, the, the murder or the, the other crime? Carol, you've hit a topic I really love talking about. My mysteries start with the setting, the story and the characters, all of those things fall, flow from the setting. In my first two series, Murder at Plymouth Plantation and, Get, and Murder at Gettysburg, I picked specific settings that I wanted to write about. With my Berkshire Hilltown mystery series, that was picking the Berkshires as a setting was a no-brainer. It's a place I love where I've had a house for many years and a place that I know very well. And I had fun using real places uh, in my book. Uh, in Rattlesnake Hill, I use my house on Cagney Hill, the ruins of an old mill on the Concapot River. And uh, there is no actual 
Rattlesnake Hill in my town, but it's a combination of Cagney Hill, where my house is, and Dry Hill, where in olden times there were rattlesnakes, and still are, although not as many. In Shuntole Road, I picked a part of town along the uh, south and western border, on the Connecticut border, where in olden times there were two hamlets of Sodom and Gomorrah, hamlets of ill repute. Sodom was in Connecticut and Gomorrah was in Massachusetts. And you can still, Sodom Road still exists and Gomorrah, uh, it shows up on old maps of, of the town. In Wolf Bog, I, I set my story in yet another part of town, which is this marvelous uh, area of wetlands called Thousand Acre Swamp. And um, there's part of it is called uh, Wolf Swamp. And in the book, that became Wolf Bog, except that I changed the swamp to a bog. I love it. I grew up out there. I never knew there was either a Sodom or a Gomorrah, outside the Bible, of course. The real places, but with different names. Let's go on to the next part of writing, the crime itself, when we're talking about mysteries. Do you rip the crime from the headlines, as they say in Law and Order, or do you make it up while you're making salad? Where do you get your ideas? A few of my ideas for crimes have been ripped from the headlines, but mostly I would say they've come from stories I've heard that are are related to the place I'm writing about. Again, things from me start with the setting. In Rattlesnake Hill, for example, it it revolves around a story I heard about a love triangle that went bad, as they often do, in which the woman is was killed and her lover blinded. Maybe it was the lover who did it. Maybe it was the husband. Maybe it was some somebody else. That case was never solved. In any case, I because I was working so close to home, I decided I would d- disguise it by putting the whole that that part that crime, uh, setting putting it a uh, hundred years in the past. Well. Um, Not everyone was fooled. I got a a message from a local woman who said she knew all the people and the places I was describing and loved the spin I put on the scandal that uh, shook their small town. Another example uh, was of the crime in, in Wolf Bog. I went on a hike with the local land trust, around this beautiful area of um, wetlands. We're looking across a lake at um, the far side and uh, where there is a swamp. And uh, a voice behind me says, people have gone in there and never been seen again. Well, okay, my mystery writing uh, brain really got excited Uh, So in the book, um, a body is found, uh, only I changed Wolf Swamp um, into Wolf Bog. 
So the operative word there is I take real events and put my own spin on them. Okay, Leslie, now we have setting and we have a crime to solve. This is a mystery after all. Now we need characters to solve the crimes. Where do you get ideas for your characters? Are they people you know or people you've read about? And do the characters in your books continue from one to the other in the series, or is each one a standalone? So, Carol, this whole subject of where characters come from fascinates me. Uh, I sometimes think that uh, there's this large group of wannabe characters that live in the deep recesses of my mind who are just waiting to jump out and get into one of my books. Uh, My characters come from a mix of aspects of myself, especially in the main characters of both my series, people I've known, people I've never met, uh, but have read about or heard about. I I take sort of a Mr. Potato Head approach towards creating characters that I, in that I have been known to take a trait from someone I've known and plop it on a very different uh, kind of character. And then, of course, you have some characters that simply uh, come from that crowd of wannabes that just suddenly appear on the page, and I'm not really sure where they come from. Uh, once they appear... As most writers will tell you, characters take on a life of their own. They're either going to do or not do what you, what you want them to. And, and really, no, you, you lose control over them at a certain point. I had the experience of the main character in my first series, the uh, Living History Mysteries. She was originally going to be the main character in my Berkshire series, but um, and when I reached a crucial scene where she was supposed to kiss this man and she put down her foot and absolutely refused to do it. And I realized, I was furious, but when I calmed down, I realized this was her way of telling me that uh, she did not belong in this series and I had to find another character to feel that fill that role as the main character. As for characters who continue on from book to book, since I do have a series, uh, they have to show me that they're interesting enough to be carryovers. And this happened with uh, three characters in Chantal Road. I found myself writing point of view chapters toward the end of that book, and I realized, again, this was way of, their way of telling me hey, I'm, I'm pretty cool. I belong in the next book. So, Leslie, what's your writing process like? How do you schedule your time? Do you write every day? Do you write at the same time every day? And are you an outliner, a plotter, or do you wing it? Are you a pantser? So, Carol, ideally I would write every day, but Life just seems to get in the way sometimes. And uh, in those times, sometimes all that I accomplish is to 
get an idea about what I'm going to write next. And that's enough to make me feel good and that I've accomplished something. As you may have figured out from that, I'm a pantser rather than an outliner, though I prefer to call my process the discovery method because I'm discovering the story as I write it. I usually have uh, started out with some idea of uh, how the story will begin and an even vaguer, more vague idea of the ending. But how things are going to play out from scene to scene to scene, from the very beginning until the end, I really don't have a clue. Uh, The disadvantage of this method is that I end up doing a lot of backfilling. For example, if an important character doesn't show up until near the end of the book, I have to get him or her uh, in the story closer to the beginning. The big advantage of my method is that it's exciting to discover the story. I frankly would be bored if I knew what was going to happen from the start, which I would if I had outlined outlined the whole book. So Leslie, you're as much a reader as a writer while you're working on a book getting the surprise that we all get while we're reading. Which reminds me, a few years ago, I took a workshop from you entitled Reading Like a Writer. And now you're writing like a reader. But on to my last question. What are you working on now? Carol, I'm delighted that you asked this question because the book I'm working on right now is very much on my mind at the moment. It's called Wildcat Academy, and it will be the fourth book in my Berkshire Hilltown mystery series. I was inspired to write this book by an experience I had exploring a property that once belonged to a so-called school for troubled teens in my town uh, that is now owned by the new Marlboro Land Trust. On that property, uh, I came upon the remains of a ropes course and zipline lines. Metal rungs had been nailed into trees so that participants could climb up to platforms where um, there were ziplines attached to them. Some of these zipline wires extended over a gorge and onto the far side. I found this whole setup intriguing and decided to build a mystery around it. It's also a good example of how I start with a particular place and the characters and the story flow from that place. Well, I'm really looking forward to reading this fourth in the series. But first, I have to read number three. 
I've already read the first two. But thank you so very much for talking with me today, from setting to characters to your inspiration for the crimes. I've learned so much, and I've really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Carol, for hosting me on Murder We Write. I think we've covered a lot of important ground here, and it's been a fun and satisfying experience. Writing is such a lonely profession, so it's really been great to have an opportunity to talk about it. Thanks again. And thank you to our listeners. I hope you'll tune in to the next episode of Murder, We Write. Short Cast Club.